hey, do you want to come over and make a pot of tea, bring your favorite crystals? You know, we could talk about our birth charts, spirits, the latest house bells we've been doing. Welcome to the neighborhood. I'm that witch next door. neighbor. Welcome to another episode of That Witch Podcast. If this is your first time here, hi, it's so nice to meet you. I'm Danny, and I'm That Witch Next Door, and I am going to teach you all about spiritual cleansing today. If you are a longtime listener of That Witch Podcast, then this might not be the first time that you've heard a cleansing episode from me, but I actually had a couple of different requests from the neighborhood to re-release or do a reboot of some spiritual cleansing information and education for everybody. And I really loved the suggestion because I already think that in our modern witchcraft practice, there's so much benefit to regularly refresh yourself with the basics. Um, but especially, especially our energetic hygiene basics, cleansing, grounding, and protection. So you can look forward to all three of those coming, uh, coming for you. But we're going to start out with cleansing. Just this week, I also released an episode to all of my members in that witch school, an episode, a bonus episode on spring cleaning energetics. And spring cleaning is this very, very sacred historical practice, um, arguably universal and global. Uh, there are many ancient roots throughout many, many cultures where this comes from. But spring cleaning itself falls under the greater umbrella that is spiritual energetic cleansing. So in this episode today, we are going to explore exactly what that is. Um, what spiritual cleansing is, why you should do it, when you should do it, and how you can get started doing it. So what this is, whenever you hear people say, oh, cleanse your energy, cleanse your energy, what is it exactly that we're talking about when we say those things? Well, spiritual cleansing are, this is any ritual, any activity or task performed with the intention to reset or renew or transmute energy. Um, spiritual, metaphysical, energetic cleansing can be combined with physical cleansing or cleaning, um, but this isn't an absolute requirement. You don't have to be physically cleaning in your space doesn't have to be physically clean or perfectly clutter-free or whatever um, to do effective cleansing. That can be part of the ritual or activity or method that you're using, but it is not a requirement, though it might seem that it would be. So why, why should we even do this? Why should we even be concerned with... Um... Oops, sorry, everyone. There we go. Why should we even worry about this? Well, when energy flows, we flow because we are energy. We are both physical and metaphysical beings. And just like we adapt and work with our physical boundaries, we do the same thing within our metaphysical boundaries as well. So energy, just like dust, collects. A space or a person experiencing a lot of love and support and value, you know, different experiences that are, are making you or people in that space 
feel that way, that space or those people are going to carry that energy within them and around them. Um, You can feel when a home or a space of some kind has been a place where a lot, a lot, a lot of love has been. And likewise, conversely, a person or a space experiencing a lot of discouragement, a lot of harm, tragedy, trauma, is also going to collect that energy. And honestly, everywhere in between that spectrum, there's so much more than those two polarizing examples. We, for most of us, we and most spaces experience both, many, lots of different types of experiences and forms of energy all across the spectrum within ourselves and around ourselves and in spaces. So it's honestly the best way I can describe this with an example we all can really relate to. Um, It's like when you have so much clutter it keeps you from being able to properly care for yourself. Whether it's like you can't physically cook or keep any kind of food in your in your fridge because there's physically not any room or, or you physically don't have any dishes or space in the kitchen to cook because you're using the oven and the appliances as storage for for different belongings or there's so much stuff all over the floor on the counters that it's not sanitary or it's not safe or it's simply not possible or you have so much in a room you couldn't physically walk through it safely to get to a doorway without tripping or harming yourself um the same goes for energy there may be energetic clutter blocking the metaphysical aspects of yourself from functioning at their best or from having um, or being in a flow state. So your physical body, this is why it's not required that you're able to, that your house is clean or or um, that you're a clean freak or anything like that. Because honestly, even the cleanest of people, like their their home is like the physically like germ-free, that place could be filled with nasty-ass energy. So that's why cleaning can go hand-in-hand hand, and a clean space can go hand-in-hand hand with an energetically cleansed space as well. But they are not mutually exclusive to one another. So I just want to throw that out there. Don't compare yourselves. Don't get, if you're not like the clean person, you know, the clean social media influencer, um, trust me, there are plenty of those people that have nasty ass energy all throughout their space just because there's not a lick of clutter or dust or anything anywhere. Um, So when, when do you do this? This is probably the most frequent question Um, (laughs) next to how do you do it? I think most people really think there is some kind of indicator. And in some ways there is. There's a certain um, level that you can get to in recognizing the different signs or symptoms of a person or yourself or a space that would benefit from an energetic cleanse. Um, But I just want to say before I go into some methodology here, First of all, it's enough to just want to do it. So you don't have to wait for a reason. And I think this is the biggest mistake of most beginners is, and it's, it's okay. It's not that big of a deal that most big, I did this. Most people I know did this when they very first started out with any kind of spiritual energetic cleansing practice that they developed for themselves. Um, You wait until you need to do it. And so let me give you another analogy or 
example you can equate that with. You know how there's a difference when you go to clean your bathroom when it's just, you know, it's the normal time I should clean the bathroom now. And when you you absolutely have to clean the bathroom, there's no choice. You cannot, you absolutely cannot leave it the way that it is because it's so disgusting and absolutely has to be clean. That's what a lot of beginner <laughs> witches and energy workers do is they'll wait so long in between intentionally cleansing their energy or the energy of their space. They wait until it absolutely has to be done. And like, I tell them, I'm like, you know, well, think about if you did that with your bathroom, It'd be really gross. And it would not only would it, but it would make the the cleaning job itself harder and be more arduous and like and and drain you a lot more whereas um if you just develop a regular habit um you know in a both in a preventative sense but also in a quick response sense um it's you know you can just do little little quickie methods that feel just as effective, but it didn't take up so much time and space and energy for you to actually complete it. So um, my biggest disclaimer for this, because I do want to give you, I want to give you some signs that you can start to look at in a spiritual sense and, and start to think, hmm, maybe this would be a good time for some spiritual cleansing. But before I do that, I have a very, very, very important disclaimer here. <clears throat> um, cleansing and any spiritual practice is not a replacement for treatment to clinical, uh, physical, or mental health conditions. Uh, for example, like depression and anxiety. So please... Um, like as an example, please don't tell people that if they cleanse their energy, they're not going to be depressed anymore. That's very, very problematic and bypasses so much um, and is also just downright not helpful. <laughs> if you yourself are a person with a medical, uh, physical, or mental health condition that impacts your ability um, or your resources to practices like spiritual cleansing, um, you know, practices like this can be beneficial. I'm not saying that spiritual practices can't be wonderfully helpful and healing to anyone living with medical, physical, or mental health conditions. And we have to stop um, separating these worlds, our physical and our metaphysical world, so much to the point that we say, hey, you can either take your physical medicine and your medical medicine, or you can take your spiritual medicine, and there's nowhere in between. You can be a person who gets medical Western treatment from your doctor, um, prescribed and purchased and taken under the supervision of a, of a doctor and clinician. And you can supplement and add on to your medical treatment, spiritual practices like cleansing, and you can get benefits from them. So some of the different like signs and traits that I'm going to give you that like, oh, this might be a good time for cleansing I don't want it to be misinterpreted as, um, oh, this is all you need to do is cleanse to fix this problem permanently for a person. And this is a real muddy area of the spiritual industry that um, deserves lots of light to be shown on it so that we can all be a lot more informed <laughs> about this. So um, signs that spiritual cleansing could be beneficial to you, a person or a space right now, um, is noticing a real lack in motivation or really, really low energy. Um, 
also excessive emotional behaviors. And this actually goes for emotions across the entire spectrum, including those that we would call, quote unquote, the good emotions. Even places or a person that has been under constant excitement, this is still really stressful on the nervous system or still really stressful on a space because it's not um, neutral. And so while we as humans and our human judgment, we don't categorize excitement as a quote unquote bad thing, um, it doesn't mean that we wouldn't still benefit from cleansing and resetting the energy back to a baseline. I find that having that intention of resetting and and clearing the energy to a nice baseline, this is my most effective kind of go-to intention. Um, Intention is everything in magic and energy work. Like, why are you doing this? What are you willing with your behavior right now? That's that's your intention, Um, your why and your will. And when I was first starting out, I used to get so bogged down by this intention concept. And I would be like, well, what I think about and I have to like have this clear specific human language for me personally English because that's my first language I have to have this clear English sentence in my brain that I'm thinking the whole time I'm cleansing otherwise my intention isn't specific enough and I'm not doing the magic right or or the cleansing doesn't work that is such a perfectionistic approach to (laughs) cleansing and magic but it's very very common so this is why I want to offer this out there to anybody who might struggle with this It's enough to just approach a a spiritual practice or ritual with the general intention, I'm resetting the energy to baseline. Like that's enough. That's specific enough. That's clear enough. Um, Message received all across the board, (laughs) essentially, from the universe to your guides to yourself. Everyone's on the same page with that. That's plenty of enough of um, an intention. Okay, so... So this is why no matter what kind of emotion we're experiencing really, really, really excessively, um, it's a great idea to approach cleansing with, my intention here is to reset things to a neutral baseline. So yes, a space or a person that's been experiencing or around excessive anger and aggression, excessive sadness and um, grief, or excessive pain and harm and violence. Um, Again, excessive excitement. So think about the, you know what the example is that comes to my head with that? Like an amusement park. Um, this place that the whole point is fun and laughter and thrills and think about the damage that is physically done to an amusement park at the end of the day. Okay. So, um, again, any place that has been, or person that's been experiencing, especially prolonged excessive emotions, um, that is going to be a sign to look out for. So I've, caught myself recently. Oh, I've been on this real high, 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 high um, in my emotions for like days and days on end to help me not like fall into an emotional crash. One of the ways I'll support myself is a spiritual cleansing with that intention. I'm resetting myself to baseline right now. Um, Another sign is when you, your housemates or people you know have been quote unquote going through it. Whenever we use that phrase, that can definitely be a good time and place for a spiritual cleansing. Um, I say this next one again with my same disclaimer that spirituality and spiritual practices are not a direct substitute for actual medical treatment and diagnoses. Um, But frequently getting sick, especially like getting colds or little viruses one after another. Um, In addition to approaching that with logic and, and 
basic hygiene and and from a clinical sense, you know, to make sure you're ruling out anything that is actually getting you sick frequently. Um, in addition to all of those different physical ways you're going to support your health, it might also be a great time to do a spiritual or energetic cleansing um, as well. Uh, when something feels off, that feeling, whether it's you or when you walked into a room, especially if you've been hanging out in a certain room of the house and only one area of the house or home or space feels that way and you walk into a different room and suddenly like it feels off in there or you walk out of a room and suddenly you feel a lot better and you're like, Hmm. Um, it might be really beneficial to cleanse that, uh, cleanse that space. Feeling and experiencing, um, excessive fear and panic, whether this is for very obvious reasons, or you can't really tell where that's coming from. Um, in both instances, it might be beneficial to do some energetic cleansing. And then anytime you are feeling stuck, lost, confused, insecure, these can be some of the times that our soul or our ethereal body is really calling out for some, like a spiritual shower, if you will, needs a spiritual bath. Uh, I Before we keep moving from here, notice that I've talked about how you might sense these signs and symptoms, not just within yourself or another space, but belonging to another person. I do want to put it out there that it's in my personal ethical code that you don't perform magic for anyone or on their behalf without their explicit permission. Um, the only type of magic that I perform for a person without getting explicit permission are um, like protection prayers or protection visualizations. Um, and for example, like, you know, I, as a mother, I obviously do a lot of protection magic over my home and all of the residents here within it without directly asking my husband and my daughter if that's okay before every single time I do it. Um, but I certainly do not recommend performing any kind of formal energetic cleansing on a person, for a person, or for someone else's space that doesn't belong to you without their permission. Um, if your follow-up question to that is, but Danny, it's impacting me, then the answer is you need to be doing your own cleansings for yourself and doing your own protection and, and energetic boundary work for yourself while sending them love, you can continue to send someone your well wishes and send them your love energetically without energetically imposing on them or interjecting into their life and their path. Okay? That's just my little soapbox moment. So let's get into um, how. How do we cleanse? How do we even get started? You probably want to know what tools you need. Well, you're, if you've been listening to me for a long time, you probably already know what I'm going to say, and I love you for it. Your intention and inherent magic that already resides within you are the only tools that you quote unquote need. And I put that in air quotes because even non-magical folks, like muggles, I endearingly call them, um, or normies, I also lovingly call them. Um, did you know that even if you're not a witch or a magical person, you don't even have to be spiritual. Humans, I believe, are fully capable of cleansing their energy and do this naturally on their own. Um the way I see it is it's very similar to uh, like being born knowing how to scratch an itch or knowing how to sneeze, for example. These are like physical responses 
to a, a blockage or an obstruction or, or something nagging at us or whatever. The same goes for energetic cleansing. I believe that we're naturally, we know, even spirituality aside, we know we're energy. We know that science knows this. We're all animated. We're not inanimate objects. We know that we have energy. Um, and I would, I would certainly think with how universal a concept like cleansing is, because the, this idea of getting rid of the old and clearing space for the new or resetting your energy or refreshing yourself or the, the concept of revitalization, that is, those are archetypal universal concepts that belong to all human beings. Every culture um, throughout history has its own way of teaching and expressing and practicing those concepts, but those, those concepts are just inherently human. Therefore, I do believe that we are all born capable of, of performing it for ourselves. Um, but the difference in my, my example between something kind of involuntary, like um, uh, scratching an itch, which isn't fully involuntary, but it's a bit subconscious of a behavior. Sneezing is subconscious and involuntary, right? We just, we sneeze our parasympathetic system. Um, God, a lot of us would would induce sneezing if we could, because we love to sneeze, don't we? It's like the best feeling ever after. Um, <laughs> that's exactly why I think it's such a good analogy for our natural ability to, to cleanse ourselves. But unlike these truly subconscious behaviors, energetic or spiritual cleansing doesn't have to be involuntary, doesn't have to be subconscious. If we don't want it to be, it is something we can bring our awareness to through our intention and our intuition. And so these physical tools and methods that I'm going to give you, um, these are suggestions only. Um, you can cleanse yourself and your space simply by utilizing your intention in your mind's eye and willing it so. Um, so here's the thing. As witches, I think one of the most beneficial things to tell you when it comes to choosing your tools or different correspondences associated with the, with the intention of cleansing, renewal, rebirth, resetting, purifying, all these things. Um, the first thing I think that's really helpful is telling you that all four elements, fire, earth, air, and water, all four elements have the ability to cleanse. Cleansing does not belong to any one element, okay? Now, one way, astrologically speaking, that you might uh, you li might like working cleansing into your practice is if you personally really resonate or connect with one of or a couple of the four elements, and this could be just in general or during certain seasons or times of your life. You know, sometimes we're more drawn to drawn to watery practices. Sometimes we're really pulled into the fire, etc. Um, I I really believe that they all have their own ability to cleanse. And they all serve their own unique purpose and execute cleansing in their own effective way. So you can use your birth chart, for example, or you can use current astrology. Like if we are, you know, right now while I'm recording this, this is during, and you're going to hear this is during Pisces season, during a solar water season. And so maybe right now, watery types of cleansing practices feel really, really um, good and right uh, in, the, in this time for you. Um, but maybe, maybe that doesn't really resonate with you because maybe there's something about you that's just fire through and through. And maybe you can find that in your chart, or maybe that's just you. You've just always been drawn to the fire practices. Um, all four elements 
can cleanse. So while we talk about different tools here um, and different correspondences of cleansing, they all belong to all four of the of the natural elements. So use the four elements and your natural connection to them to, to let your intuition explore cleansing practices and rituals for yourself. So some of the most common magical and witchy tools recommended for cleansing are wands, crystals, plants, herbs, uh, athames or sacred blades or knives, candles, bells, music, dirt, sand, water, winds, fans. All of these are very commonly used in uh, witchcraft practices. And I just want to let you know that all of these can perform spiritual cleansing just as much as your everyday cleaning equipment can. Um, it's okay if the broom that is in your kitchen that you use doesn't look like this beautiful ancient witch's broom that you'd find in her cottage or trailing across the sky. Um, your modern looking functional broom serves the exact same purpose, should you will it so. Um, so yes, if you are drawn to getting a wand, if you really love having a bundle of herbs or a dish of dried herbs and burning them and walking around your house with the smoke, um, lighting candles, placing crystals in certain doorways or window ways um, or in certain rooms on certain shelves. All of these things are very frequently used magical practices for cleansing. And I linked in the show notes here, my very, very first episode, which feels like millennia ago, um, about spiritual cleansing one-on-one. -on -one. And I did go into pretty good detail in that episode about a lot of those different tools. So I still linked that for you. Um, Today, we're going to, I'm not going to go really in depth into all of those because I think they're covered really, really commonly. I think that it's more helpful to remind you that you can use any of these tools. You can use none of these tools. The only requirement, if you will, for performing energetic cleansing is it feels like the energy is reset or refreshed in and around you. So if a certain crystal, like quartz, for example, which is so, we'll talk about it in a second, is so, so, so commonly associated with cleansing. If quartz just doesn't make you feel that way, if crystals don't make you feel that way, if you're like, I just don't get this crystal thing. Everyone's into crystals and I just don't get it. That's okay. You are still a witch if you say you're a witch, just so you know. Um, that's okay. You don't have to use that. Therefore, quartz might not be a cleansing crystal for you. Um, Whenever you look up what tools, what plants, what colors, et cetera, et cetera, are associated with cleansing, take everything with a grain of salt. Use that as a jumping off point to experiment with and let your intuition play with. See what feels good for you. Try things that are suggested to you and try things that were not suggested to you and, and compare and contrast. That is how which is since the beginning of time have developed their magical workings is they try and they practice and they document what has worked for them and they share with others that are interested what works for them um, so that others can do the exact same. It's not so we all do the same thing. It's so that all of our practices help continuing educate and expand for one another. Um, so as we get into some of these correspondences, these are, I'm just going to beat you over the head with this. These are my inspiring suggestions this is not an exhaustive list. This is not an end-all, be-all. 
at all. We, If this was a real end-all be-all, we'd be here for a week and we still wouldn't even be done. <laughs> That's how much would be associated with cleansing. So, colors. <laughs> I hope you don't get mad at me through this episode because I... I'm going to say the same thing for colors. What colors are associated with cleansing? Everybody in class, raise your hand. What do you think that teacher Danny is going to say? That's correct. All of them. Now, the reason <laughs> the reason why it really is all of them is because number one, preference and experience, aka our point of reference, um, matters here. Yellow can have a magical correspondence that we associate with the element of air and communication and ideas and intellect. Sure, sure. Um, Yellow could mean something horribly opposite for somebody else because of a preference they have or because of an experience that they have with the color yellow. Just because yellow in general represents and means like friendship and sun and warmth and abundance. It doesn't mean that it rings those bells for every single person, especially when it comes to color. Um, So I really, really, really recommend um, when it comes to color, that is a big one to let yourself really absorb visually and therefore energetically. Present yourself with a variety of colors and respond, like notice how your energy responds. Does it feel refreshing? Does that feel renewing to you? It's okay if it doesn't. The other reason I don't like, especially in magic, I really don't love getting into color recommendation is because there are a lot of roots in racism here that light and white colors are all for the good and the purifying and dark and black colors are all associated with evil and the bad things. It's not true. And even some more progressive spiritual people and mystics and witches will say, well, no, 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 but it is true that white represents purification and black represents protection. That's fine. That's fine. If that's your preference, if that's your experience, and if that's what resonates with you. Um, I also know that renewal, rebirth, resurrection takes place in the dark and in the depths and in death. So, These are concepts associated with the color black. Therefore, the color black absolutely can be used for purification, renewal, resurrection, rebirth, all these things associated with cleansing. White can also definitely be used and is used very frequently in protection visualization and rituals as well. So this is why with color, I don't find it super effective to give you some list of colors with this is the meaning of every single color and this is what you should abide by. I think it's much more effective for me to say, hey, you should present yourself with a rainbow of colors and you should practice with your actual intuition, letting it guide you and tell you how you should be using colors for your magic and your practice, okay? Sometimes I'm grabbing the white shirt for cleansing. Sometimes I'm grabbing the black shirt for cleansing. Sometimes I'm grabbing the green shirt. Like it doesn't, it depends on the day and the reason why and and what my intuition is, is telling me to do. So when it comes to colors in, in incorporating this in your cleansing practices, all my advice is use bright and light colors intentionally and use dark and deep colors just as intentionally as well. Now, crystals. Crystals can feel especially effective with cleansing um, because they are of the earth, of the soil, again, a place where our, our physical bodies, where plant and animal bodies go when we die and the energy is therefore able to be reborn again. We come from the soil. We come from the depths of the, of the womb. The crystal really represents a lot of those things because the crystal is of the, the earth element. So 
We could make the argument here just like with colors that you could use any crystal. But here's what I will tell you to give you some direction. When it comes to crystals and cleansing, anything clear like quartz and clear calcite, for example, are going to feel particularly effective. Um, they're going to be my personal go-tos. If somebody's asking me for advice, I'm going to, if I'm grabbing something from my collection um, for a cleansing ritual or to bring clearing energy to a space, I'm usually going to grab the little clear quartz cluster or the clear calcite piece that I have. Um, but you can always look up crystals for cleansing. Again, the list is ginormous, but some of the keywords to search for yourself would be cleansing. And this goes for all of our correspondences today. Cleansing, renewing, purifying, rebirth, all of these things are associated with and connected to cleansing. Some of the most commonly recommended crystals for these uses are amethyst, quartz, and clear calcite. Like I said, selenite is a big one, especially auric cleansing and like energetic, like um, not physical cleansing, but much more into the ethers. Uh, fluorite, same thing, psychic cleansing. Malachite, uh, another mood cleanser. Moonstone, jasper, agate, uh, fossils, petrified wood, and just to keep it in the mineral kingdom here, salt, salt, salt. I can't recommend salt enough. What kind of witch would I be? Salt, my dear. You need salt, any kind. I don't care what kind. You could get the deep, the dirt cheapest kind. You could get the nicest kind. It, whatever feels good for you. You can use salt in your food for cleansing. You can sprinkle it out your front door. You can keep a little dish of it in a certain corner of the house to absorb and neutralize energy. Salt is neutralizing as fuck. And that's why it's been used um, in cleansing and purifying for so long. It's also used very frequently in any kind of hex breaking, curse breaking, salt, 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 salt. Can't recommend it enough. Um, you really want to mainly use crystals, well, to get even more use, amplified use, out of the crystals, I recommend looking for crystals or letting crystals call to you that match your intention for why you're cleansing, aka what you're calling into that space. So if you are cleansing energy to create more space for abundance, protection, peace, success, confidence, focus, determination, all of these things, look for crystals associated with those intentions and use those crystals in your cleansing practice. Again, you can put crystals in your kitchen around your dishes, keep them around your cleaning products, um, dedicate a little altar um, specifically dedicated to, to renewing the energy of your home. And maybe you have a little dish of salt there with a couple of crystals in it. Um, but even just bringing a crystal associated with your intention with you or in your space. That's, that is crystal magic. It doesn't have to be more complicated than that. Now, when it comes to herbal and plant allies, um, really any, and again, you're like, God damn it. But the truth is any. And the reason is because plants are naturally cleansing. They absorb and breathe in our carbon dioxide, and in turn, they breathe out and give us oxygen. We are in natural exchange of energy with plants. And so therefore, plant and herbal, herbal, <laughs> herbal allies 
in cleansing, these just, this all goes hand in hand. So instead of being too, too caught up on which plants, and yes, I'll still give you a couple suggestions. Instead of getting too hung up on that, you know, yes, look up plants and herbs associated with cleansing, renewing, purifying, etc. again, but also just utilizing herbs in general or utilizing plants in general near and around you or the space that you're cleansing, this is going to be the most effective way to to utilize plant allies. Um, So a really basic example is cleaning a room and putting a new plant in that room to signify like this beautiful ongoing exchange of energy um, that it gives you and you reward from having it and in turn you care for it. Um, uh, That's a very basic green witch ritual, quite honestly. Um, But some popular herbs and plant allies associated with cleansing are lemon, eucalyptus, the entire mint family, basil, pepper, again, I'd really say any pepper, especially with that fire association, cinnamon, clove, dandelions, sunflowers, um, and another very popular one and very witchy and magical one is the Rose of Jericho or resurrection plant. Those are particularly associated with cleansing because they go into a dormant stage when they don't have any water and they curl up and they look quote unquote dead, but they're actually not. They're just in a dormant stage. And when you place their roots back in water, they quote unquote come back to life. Hence the the nickname, the resurrection plant. So that can be a really beautiful one to keep in a specific room or space or utilize that in your uh, spiritual cleansing practices. Sigils and symbols, whether sigils being intuitive symbols or markings that come from within you or using pre-created symbols um, like universal symbols, um, these can be used in doorways, windows, on products and supplies that you're using. You can physically mark the symbols and sigils or you can just like draw them in the air with your finger or a wand or an athame or, um, it it doesn't, you can picture it in your head. I've, I've done that lots of times where I don't physically do the drawing, but in my mind's eye, I, I envision that symbol or that sigil like emblazed or embroidered or embellished in that doorway or in that space or in the floorboards or whatever. Um, so these have been a lot of suggestions. I want to round out teaching you how to cleanse by giving you some realistic examples of what cleansing can look like for me, a more experienced witch. Um, So I'm going to give you the most probably quintessential example that most of us would picture. Um, The windows completely open, music on, cleaning my entire house from top to bottom, focusing on the details, getting every single nook and cranny and all through the while, you know, reflecting every so often on how the dust and the debris that I'm clearing out is metaphysically connected to the metaphorical dust and debris that I'm clearing out of my life's path. Um, You know, lighting candles and turning down the lights and changing the music after I'm done to really amplify the energy in the cleared space. And you look around and the house looks and both both looks and feels clean. Um, yeah, on a good day, but do you think that's how I get to cleanse most of the time? <laughs> no. So let's move on to the next example. Another, probably my most frequent utilize practice for cleansing is taking three intentional deep breaths. Um, I do this before I record every single episode. Even if I'm recording multiple episodes back to back, I do it in between every single episode without fail, no matter what. I've been doing it ever since the beginning. Um, doing this before certain phone calls or after certain phone calls, before I have to go pick my daughter up from school and after I pick her up from school. First thing in the morning, last thing before I go to bed, after a session with a client, 
after a conversation with a family member, after, I mean, it's a use it preventatively and also to reset my energy um, to go into something really present and aware. And I also use it afterwards to clear out any energy that isn't going to serve me any longer after that encounter. Um, Another more witchy way you probably also think of is, you know, burning a rosemary bundle and walking around my house while thinking about stagnant and negative energy moving and transmuting for its highest good. Um, But other forms of cleansing, and these ones might surprise you because you're going to be like, I already do that. I told you. I told you you're already doing it. Changing the playlist I'm listening to. Changing my clothes doing my skincare regimen, or doing my makeup routine in the morning, either or. Stepping outside, going for a walk, getting up and stretching, moving my body, or going to the gym, or simply going to a different room of the house. All of these are examples of resetting, changing up, or moving through stagnant energy. So you don't need, really don't need to overthink this, okay? Um, My biggest, biggest tip for you honestly, is do this often and believe that it works. The more that you do it, the more that it helps. And I promise the better that you'll get at it. So before we close out, I got a really, really great question from one of our neighbors, Janessa. Janessa said, here, let me make sure I've got her here. Yep. Okay. Janessa says, Question about cleansing the energies within my home. What things can I or should I be doing if I have a partner who doesn't believe in the practices I partake in as a witch? Should I be cleansing differently? Should I be cleansing more often? I sometimes get discouraged that nothing is really sticking since his energy is so prominent within the home. I loved this question. And I'm so grateful you gave it to us, Janessa. So thank you for asking because I know that for a fact, you are not alone in this situation at all. Um, My husband certainly would not identify as a witch, maybe once in a while on certain days um, when he's feeling really, really nice and and open and into the things that I do. Um, But literally the rest of the 99% of the time, he wouldn't identify as a witch. And these aren't his practices. Um, I know and have worked with many, many people who have partners who really don't believe in what they do, even disagree with what they do. And I've known people that have to keep their practice a full-blown secret because they don't feel safe um, with who they're living with. So you are so not alone in this experience of feeling like you're the only witch in the house, number one. And number two, um, I want to take this opportunity to let you know that nobody has an impact on your magic if you don't want it to. And so this does not necessarily mean you need to be cleansing more often. I would say that, yes, it does shift your intentions a little bit while you're cleansing. So as somebody who has a partner who's also not a witch and who wouldn't identify as a mystic and an an energy worker like I would, um, when I cleanse, and again, I admit it on this show, I don't ask permission to cleanse the house. It's one of the only things I don't, I mean, I, I do cleanse the house. I don't do any formal cleansing ritual like on or for my husband, I would ask him if that's okay. Um, and I don't even know if I necessarily, if he wanted to come to me and ask that, I would be happy to do that for him. But um, I I more recommend approaching it this way instead. Um, what I do is I still cleanse my whole house. And that includes like our shared spaces, obviously. And my intention is resetting things back to baseline, right? Like I said, 
And overall, my reason, my purpose for cleansing, why I go into it every single time that I know and hold in my heart is so that the energy can be utilized for its highest good for all. And that intention feels universal enough. It feels effective enough. I know that my cleansing is is working. And I feel confident that I'm not interjecting myself into his life or his path. And I'm maintaining safe and appropriate energetic boundaries between us. And that is having a healthy relationship, by the way. Boundaries are a part of healthy relationships. So I would add on to that. If you feel any kind of skepticism or even criticism or cynicism from anyone that you live with or anyone in your life, I would recommend, yes, doing your regular cleansing like we just talked about, but I would also start practicing putting a very regular orb, protective orb around yourself. And we're going to talk about this more in the protection episode once we get there. But for now, what I want to leave you with is when you cleanse, and just like we talked about today, the ritual feels renewing, feels revitalizing. Imagine that protective orb you're putting around you, sealing all of that in, and simultaneously accepting that anything outside of that orb is beyond your control anyways. And you you give it up to the universe. That's my best recommendation. Not all of us are in relationships with a person that full-blown identifies as the exact same belief system and lifestyle as us. Um, And that doesn't automatically mean that we're in unhealthy or toxic relationships. Um, again, my that's much more based on respect and feeling disrespected by your partner for your beliefs and your practices. That's a whole different ballgame. And that's not something I'm, I'm addressing in this answer. What I am talking about is in respectful situations, even when a partner, that's not their thing, they don't believe in it. They're nice to you about it, but they definitely don't get it. And they're like, hey, this is your thing. I want you to energetically do the same thing with them. And you do your cleansing, you do your magic, you do your rituals, you put that protective orb around yourself to seal all of that beautiful magic and energy and that you're cultivating for yourself and know that that membrane of that orb you're putting around you, it symbolizes that everything outside of that, you can't control it and you can't manipulate it. And you can still love people outside of that little membrane. They can still be these connected, wonderful people, um, wonderful relationships in your life that bring a lot of value to you. And this puts a very important spiritual boundary in place where you get to still feel confident and comfortable in your beliefs and your magic. And they get to continue existing in the way that fits best and resonates best for them. Um, So you don't necessarily need to cleanse in a completely different way. You don't need any special different kind of tools or anything. Um, you, you definitely don't necessarily need to cleanse more often, though if you feel that you need to cleanse more often, go with your intuition and just follow that. Again, cleansing is most effective, just like with our bathroom analogy. Cleansing is most effective anyways when we're just regularly, frequently doing it for ourselves anyways. Um, and so something that I've learned to do, whether it's with my partner, family members, friends, acquaintances, anyone that just doesn't really get the witch thing and they don't realize that in that particular moment they're saying something or 
acting a certain way that makes it very clear they think what I do is silly or isn't real or whatever. I have encountered this a lot and my go-to is I put that little orb around me and I remind myself I can I can have a connection with this person. I can even love this person and I can continue this conversation as long as it's respectful and safe, of course, and appropriate. Um, and I get to stay rooted in my beliefs and my experience and what's real for me while accepting that that is what is real for them. And they don't have to be mutually exclusive to each other to make them real or valid. And we all get to coexist anyways. So Janessa or anyone else in this kind of a situation, please let me know if this helps or not. Um, or if you have any additional questions or want any additional tips or stories or experience or help with any of this, if this is something anyone would like another episode on, because it is something that we frequently deal with is very often we're the only witch in our lives. If sometimes we know a couple, one or two, but very, very often we start out or we embark on long periods of our journey where we're like the only one. Um, that definitely could be a whole entire episode in and of itself. So you can let me know, everybody, if that's something that you would like to hear. But for anyone, as we close out, anyone that is super excited and inspired and wants to further their learning on cleansing, I wanted to bring along my favorite books for further reading and further research. Of course, don't forget the huge infinite world of the internet. But as far as my favorite books go, first and foremost is Intuitive Witchcraft by Astrea Taylor. I love this book because it goes into the main point that I like drilled into your head this entire episode, which is you don't need any tools except your inherent magic and intuition. And intuitive witchcraft is like the handbook on that. Absolutely. And you can follow Astrea Taylor on Instagram too. Um, I love following her account. So uh, intuitive witchcraft awesome for anyone struggling with that intuitive work and trusting in themselves and their natural inherent magic. Next, The House Witch. In my opinion, there's probably lots of books that everyone would be like, oh no, this one's my holy grail for cleansing or protection or whatever. The reason The House Witch is my holy grail for cleansing um, and this type of magic is because home and hearth and house magic is rooted in the energetic basics like cleansing, for example. So this simple little gift of a book is so effective. I love it. This might be my favorite witchcraft book. Um, and it's one of my my most brief ones. It's not this long thing. And I, I think it's so, so, so incredibly valuable. So The House Witch awesome for cleansing, but also anyone interested in like going even further when it comes to magic in their home and their space, their living space. Next, there's lots of books for herbs and magical herbs out there. This has been my go-to for a long time. So that, again, this is my own personal recommendation, not an end-all be-all, but I will always love Cunningham's Encyclopedia of Magical Herbs by Scott Cunningham. A newer favorite of mine, um, House Witch, I've had for a really, really long time now. The Hearth Witch's Year is one I got, I think, within a year. I think I only got this a year ago. And it quickly became a favorite, like, most grabbed off of my shelf reference book. I absolutely love The Hearth Witch's Year. If you resonate with seasonal living or seasonal witchcraft and magic, you will definitely want this book. And um, because cleansing is very associated with the current season that we're in right now, um, like I said, this is why I recorded the, the bonus episode for that witch school right now, the spring cleaning energetics, um, which essentially is like an even further, more specific branch into everything we talked about today. So if you're already not in that witch school and you're interested, you only need to join for $5 a month to get this bonus episode that I'm talking about. All members got the bonus episode and gets all of my bonus episodes. Um, but 
the section in the Hearth Witches year about February and March is loaded with really, really beneficial cleansing magic and cleansing rituals for your hearth and your home. And finally, this could potentially be the book I recommend everyone the most often throughout my career. And it's this giant pot of gold Llewellyn's Complete Book of Correspondences. I will take a little dig at the title. I wouldn't call it a complete book of correspondences, but I would call it Llewellyn's very filled book of correspondences, yet not necessarily complete. (laughs) Just because, you know, it's still a book. You go in here and inevitably, eventually you're going to get to things where you're like, I can't believe that's not in here. I thought for sure that'd be in here. So again, it's not necessarily complete, but it's fucking loaded. And it's this huge cross-reference guide of you can start by going, let's say for cleansing, for example, you can start by going to renewal, rebirth, or purification in here. And it will tell you gods and goddesses associated with that intention, trees, herbs, plants, gemstones, and minerals, um, see creatures or beings associated with it, colors, days of the week, chakras, metals, numbers, uh, moon phases, zodiac signs. Do I make myself clear? Um, It's huge. And then not just that, you can go to one of those correspondences. So let's say instead of looking up the intention first, you wanted to know what's associated with number three. You would just go to the numerology section and go under number three and see which zodiac sign, what day of the week, which rune, what colors, what tarot card, which gemstones are associated with that number. I won't spoil the surprise for you. You can get this. None of these are sponsored. These are just favorite books off of a book which is shelf. But links for all of these are, of course, in the show notes below. Um, And I hope that this helps. Get out there and give it a try or change up your usual cleansing routine if you're someone who's already been practicing it for a long time. I hope that this episode in and of itself was a cleansing ritual for you. Um, You can go to thatwitchnextdoor.com slash conjure that witch to submit your questions on witchcraft, magic, and more on modern spirituality. I would love to answer them and create a future episode. Thank you so much, my neighbor, for being here and for your time today. Make sure that you stay safe. Make sure you're having fun. And of course, stay magical out there. Did you get something valuable out of today's show? Here's how you can help continue to grow our magic. First, you can head over to Apple or Spotify and leave a five-star rating and review. You can also share a shout out on your social media page and make sure you tag me at thatwitch.nextdoor. And of course, you can just tell a friend that you think would enjoy the show and send them a link to the episode. Thank you so much, neighbor, for your support. I'll see you next time.